read from Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, Jeremiah 31, and verse 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with a loving kindness have I drawn thee. We are so privileged to be part of this gospel, a gospel that works, a gospel that is alive, a gospel that changes lives, works real wonders in people's lives. What a privilege we have to be a part of that. And we live and operate and work in a world that is bound by a lot of fear, a lot of trouble, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of people wondering where they fit, a lot of people wondering if they amount to anything, a lot of people wondering if they have any value, trying to find ways to deal with their pain. It's a sad scenario, and it doesn't need to be. That's the world that we live in. And a a lot of people are wondering if they uh, will ever find the answer, if they'll ever find uh, the answer that they need, the way that they need. Well, we are fortunate that we have found it. We found it. We have the gospel. And the Lord has worked in our lives. The Lord encourages us. He strengthens us. And we see here from this verse the heart of the Lord the mind of the Lord, the approach of the Lord to humanity. Here he's speaking to the nation of Israel before they were going to be restored. They were in captivity at this time because of their sin, but the Lord had plans for them. It wasn't his intent to leave them in that scenario. And he's he's giving them a glimpse. He's telling them, I have drawn thee. He had always drawn them. That was nothing new for them. Uh, The Lord had always been faithful. There had been times they had disobeyed and times that they had... Uh, to deal with their punishments and uh, try to find their way back. But the Lord had always been drawing. He had always loved them because they had always had value. Young people, you're beautiful. You have value. I used to be young. If Brother Ryan is too old to testify in young people's, But I used to be young, and I I think every young person at some point in their life has things in their own life that they wish they could change, things about their personality, things about uh, the way they operate, uh, circumstances perhaps, if only. I think that's pretty normal, don't you? I think that's pretty normal in human nature at times to feel like you don't have value. It's okay to feel that way, but you need to realize the Lord is saying you do have value. You do have value. There's a young man by the name of uh, Mephibosheth. You may or may not have read about him. He was the son of Jonathan, the grandson of of King Saul at Israel. We don't know a lot about him, but we know that when, uh, when Saul and Jonathan both lost their lives at the end of Saul's reign, um, the nurse of Mephibosheth went to pick him up and flee for their lives, and she dropped him, and he became lame in his feet. That's the first time he's mentioned, and we don't know much about him after that. 
We, we know Mephibosheth was living in, in a place called Lodabar, which was kind of a, uh, a rugged little town, not much going on, kind of a ghetto place. Uh, we don't really know much about him, but if you think about uh, Mephibosheth and what his future held or didn't hold, what he had to look forward to, you think about his legacy and his heritage. He came from a warrior family. He came from, uh, his father was really a national hero and had left a legacy of faith, Jonathan. His grandfather was really a warrior king, and he was a mighty warrior in his own right. He didn't end up so well. Where does that leave Mephibosheth? Well, he didn't have a right to the throne. He didn't have any promises of anything good in his life. He's lame in his feet. What's going to happen? There, there, we don't know what was going on in, in his life, but we know that he would have had plenty of questions being a human being like the rest of us. If only. That would have been easy for him to, to, to stop and think. If only that wouldn't have happened. Now what am I going to do? What's the rest of my life look like? Living with his family. He had no control over that scenario. These were circumstances he had no control over. Of, and, and here he is, and no doubt not feeling real valuable. His, uh, not, he couldn't feel real proud of the heritage his family has le- had left him, the, uh, the legacy his grandfather had left him. And in, not only that, uh, King Saul's family was being removed a piece at a time as David was about ready to uh, take his place at the throne of the king of, as the king of Israel. And what's he going to do? He's, he's going to hide out. He's uh, going to look for a place to, to cover up and maybe escape notice. His uncle hadn't done so well, Ishbosheth, in Saul's place, trying to get rid of David. Well, he lost his life. Things aren't looking good for the uh, the King Saul family tree. And here's Ishbosheth with not much of a future. Well, you can imagine uh, what he would have been thinking. He's living across the river from where David was. Not much of a future, but he didn't know the king's heart. The king was at work. He didn't know that. The, the king was working for him, for Mephibosheth. We read it in, in 2 Samuel. He had made a covenant with Jonathan. Mephibosheth couldn't have known that. He was only five years old when his father had died and his grandfather had died. He could not have known uh, about the covenant between David. But we read in 2 Samuel chapter 9, David wanting to honor that covenant with Jonathan. And he says, is there any, is there yet any left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, art thou Ziba? And he said, thy servant is he. And the king said, is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame in his feet. And from there we read that David called for him. David was calling for Mephibosheth, the boy who'd been lame in his feet since he was five, the boy that, that was hiding out in a, uh, a rugged uh, little town, trying to escape notice perhaps, not much future, not much hope, not much value, no doubt, but the king was making plans for Mephibosheth. This world needs to realize that uh, they have value. The Lord sees them, the Lord continues to to draw souls, and it's uh, it's heartrending to see that people are trying to find answers. We quote John three sixteen, but we should also quote John three seventeen. 
For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And verse 19, this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus came to draw. He came to save. He didn't come to judge. He could have. He did not. He came to reach men that were in their sins, that rejected Him. He came to reach the men and women who were... Uh, that had no value, so to speak. They had no value in society. He came to reach them. He didn't come down to point a finger in their chest and condemn them. The condemnation comes, verse 19 tells us, when they rejected the light. When they made that choice, and even then, He was calling them. Even then, He would reach them. Sometimes people might hold the Lord at arm's length. Maybe not realizing... Uh, just what the Lord could do for them, or, or even with good intentions, not understanding how much the Lord loves them. Their own circumstances, perhaps. And I've had people say that to me. I'm sure you have too. If things were different, I would serve the Lord. If things were a little bit different, then I could make that choice. If only this hadn't happened back there in my life. Why did that have to happen? It ruined my life. God knows that story. God knows all about it. He knows the details. He knows the stories. And He still says, you have value. God has a plan. God will work in your life. The enemy will come around and tell you you don't have value. He will come around and tell you those, those types of things. If only those circumstances were different, you would be different. If only that event hadn't happened in your life, your life would not be ruined as it is today. That's a lie. You have value. And the king has plans. He's a work for you. Mephibosheth, no doubt, had many of these feelings, as you and I would have, no doubt, in those circumstances. Who did he have to go to? What, what was his future? Living out his life, trying to escape notice that he happens to be a relative of King Saul, because that didn't seem to be going well with the rest of the family of King Saul. But the king was making plans for him, because he had value. He didn't know it yet, because he was too far away. He was across the river. He was too many miles away from the king to know that. He had to get into the king's presence to know that he had value. When we try to serve the Lord at arm's length for whatever reason, we can miss the Lord telling us the things that he has to tell us. We can miss realizing the value that the Lord places on us. We can miss realizing how much the Lord loves us. We can miss realizing just what the Lord could do in our life if we're too far away. It makes me think of the sons of the prophets as Elijah was about ready to be taken up. Elisha was following him. And you remember perhaps that the sons of the prophets were telling Elisha, don't you know he's going to be taken from you today? They didn't understand why he was following so closely. It's time, Elisha, to make some plans. Okay, you need to think about the future. Stop following this man who's about to be taken. They had just enough knowledge to be dangerous. They weren't actually encouraging Elisha. They were discouraging him without realizing it. But Elisha had a plan. He knew uh, what the Lord was asking him to do, and he knew he was going to have to have God's power to do it. And he knew that the only way to have that power was to see Elijah when he was taken up, and that meant getting close to Elijah. And that meant following close. He had uh, a plan. He had a mission that was a desire of his heart. There was a need in his life, and he knew that in order to have that need met, he was going to have to get close and stay close. That's exactly how the gospel is. Without realizing it, we can uh, 
back off a little bit. And sometimes we, we might deal with confusion. And if we're not praying as we ought to, confusion comes. And the worst thing we can do is to start thinking more and praying less. It'll breed more confusion. Proverbs 28.5 says, They that seek the Lord understand all things. As we draw closer to the Lord, doesn't James tell us that the Lord will draw close to us? You can hear the Lord's voice a lot better when you're close. Now, Phibosheth didn't have any idea what was in store for him. He didn't uh, know why King David was calling for him. At least we don't, we don't have those details. We don't know that. And we can see by his reaction when he came into King David's presence, he, he bowed down before him, your servant, about the only chance he thought he had was to humble himself. Here I am, whatever you want to do with me. And even at one point, when King David promised to do uh, some things for him, he said, why would you even look upon me a dog? The dog that I am. He didn't have a real high view of himself and probably not many hopes for the future, but he didn't realize the king had been at work for him. He had value. He had a place at the king's table. And he didn't know that. But David said, I have a place that I have set up for you right at my table. Every day you're going to dine with me. Every day you're going to be in my presence. You'll be taken care of the rest of your life. The holdings of your grandfather, King Saul, are going to go to you. And King Saul's servant and his sons and his servants are going to till the land and they're going to provide for you. You will be in my presence from this day until you die. He didn't realize that King David had been planning. He didn't realize that he had value, that he belonged in the king's presence. You have value. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that you do not. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that you don't belong in the king's presence. To hear what the king of kings has to say to us, we must get close to him. We must stay close to him. It wasn't intended to be a secret. It was never intended to be a secret what God could do in a life. 2 Corinthians 2.12 tells us about the spirit that we have received that reveals to us the things that belong to us, the things that God has given to us. In the back of our minds sometimes, we, we may wonder, will God ever do this for me? He will. Those are His plans with loving kindness. He drew you before you were saved. With loving kindness, He draws you closer. He's got a place for you at His table. Don't settle for following the Lord just a little too far away. Just enough. The closer we get to the Lord, the more we can hear His voice, the more we understand the ways of the Spirit, the more we understand God's love for humanity, the brighter our own vision gets. The more we see the value of a soul, that's all at the King's table. Sometimes we can be tempted to, to think, if only my circumstances were different. When I get through this term, I'm really going to seek the Lord. When I get past this, these circumstances of my job, when I really land the job I'm comfortable with, I'm going to seek the Lord. When my kids are raised, it never ends, right? There's always a reason. But meanwhile, the king is at work. He has a place at his table. And he has things to tell you that are for your ears only. Special things that in the back of your mind you've heard all along. And you wonder if they're true. They are. God's promises to you. He promises to work in your life. He promises to give you every victory over every fear. There was only one voice. There was only one man that could perform this form of Mephibosheth, and that was the king. Only the king could offer this man any hope. 
Only the king could let him know how much value he had by putting him at his table. It was no good for somebody else to tell Mephibosheth, you have value in the king's eyes. Why would he believe that? The Lord himself would come down and visit us and tell us personally, you are my child. You have value and I have victories for you. And those things in the back of your mind, you've wondered if I could do. I will do those things if you will trust me. If you will pray, if you will seek me, if you will take your place at the table that I've prepared for you. Doesn't God's word say he will do that? Psalm 23, God prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I always thought about that verse and thought about that as circumstances, things that, 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 that we have to go through, just life. And sometimes things can press in. But in the middle of all that, the Lord prepares a table. If we take the time to pray, when we take the time to really seek His face, we find there's been a table there. I remember that. Specifically when I was starting to seek the Lord more and it was a new thing for me. When I really got things straightened out between me and the Lord when I was 18. Then after that, I began to seek the Lord for the Lord to sanctify me, which He did in my car. In a parking lot, in between classes, God will do it. God will do it. He's at work, even when we're not. Even when we're not thinking about it. Even when we're not praying, maybe as we ought to or as we know we, we should do better. Isn't the Lord merciful? He so gently draws us and reminds us you need to pray a little more. You need to trust me a little more with that. You need to lay some of those things down. And you can take your place at his table. We realize God has been at work the whole time when I wasn't thinking about it. I was too busy. I was too stressed. But God was at work. And during all those times, He was drawing me. And I remember more than one time as I was learning to seek the Lord for my deeper experiences. And I thought, I remember one time I was uh, going to be late to, to class. I was in college at the time. And I thought, you know, I haven't done devotions really. Very seriously, in a few days, I, I was feeling kind of bad about that. So I thought, you know, I, I really ought to take the time. So I knelt down by my bed. You know, by the time I got up, I was amazed. I was amazed that I had ever skipped devotions. The Lord met me there, and I realized God has been at work. He's been waiting for me. It was me who was too busy. I forgot that He has plans, that He loves me, that He wants to work in my life. But I had to get close enough to hear Him. Mephibosheth did too. He had to get across that river. He had to get into the king's palace. He had to take the risk, as it were, and bow down before the king and say, in so many words, do what you need to do with me. But he was asking for his life. He had no idea what, God, what the king had prepared for him. The privileges and the benefits the king had prepared for him. The same is true with us. The same is true with us. The Lord whispers so gently to us. He draws our hearts he whispers to us, will you pray? Will you spend more time with me? The Lord will do it. The Lord will work in your life. You have value. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of your backstory, the Lord knows every detail. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't because the Lord can use it. It matters to the Lord, but he'll use all of it for his glory if we just take our place at the throne. I remember talking to one individual who had a hard time really feeling like she could break through because she didn't like herself very much. But when she finally realized 
that she could lay that down because the Lord's love covered all that. The Lord is the one who gave that individual value when she learned to lay that down, lay down her view of herself, lay down her frustrations, lay down the if only this wouldn't have happened, lay all those things down and take the Lord's view. Take the Lord's view. Come boldly and take your place at, the, at, at, at His table that He's prepared. You'll find the Lord working for you. Sometimes without realizing it or without trying, we can hold the Lord at arm's length. He knows you. He knows all about it. He's been at work. There's a place at the King's table for each one of us. And God has something for each one of us. If we'll just take the time, if we'll just make the effort to, to take our place at the King's table, the Lord will work in our lives. And we'll be amazed to find out that God's Word is actually true. I remember thinking those things, probably like, like the rest of us have. Could the Lord ever answer that prayer for me? Could the Lord ever really give me that victory? I really wondered that. I really didn't think the Lord would give me my deeper experiences. Not because that He couldn't. Not because His Word wasn't true. I just didn't think I was going to be able to have the faith. I didn't think I was going to be able to present the right whatever I needed to present, whatever it was. But the Lord had to get me out of all that. I had to forget about me. I had to forget about what I thought about me. And I also had to forget what I thought about God. I had to go to God's Word and realize and take it by faith. God loves me. God promised it to me. I'm going to stand on that alone. And at that point, I realized God was going to work for me. When I, when I laid all that down... And I began to stand on God's Word as a decision. I made a decision. I didn't wait for an inspiration to believe God. I made a decision to believe God. And as soon as I did that, I realized God was at work. It wasn't long. The Lord baptized me. He did. And it didn't take very long either. But I had to realize that I had to take the Lord's view. God was at work. God was preparing. That's how the gospel is. If we'll take the time in a busy world, it's a dark world. That's a sad world. And we don't want to take our cues from the world. We don't want to take our perspectives from the world. We want to take our perspective from God's word and realize the value that he places on our soul. Realize how much he loves us, that he draws us. Only to give us the finest of the wheat. Only to give us the very best. God has plans for you. God is willing to work. God is, is willing to tell us uh, the things that we are really hoping He'll tell us. The enemy loves to come around and say, you're a special case. I think most people have probably heard that and bought into it. God can work for everybody except you. You're a little different. Your case is a little harder than everybody else's. You know, I'm willing to bet that most people raise their hand in here if the enemy, well, isn't that great? We're all special cases together. Amen. And God can work in special cases. If you are a special case, if you are a unique individual, if you have problems that nobody else knows about, if you have been through things that you can't explain, that's all right. That's fine. Let it be that way, but you bring it to God and you'll see that he still puts value on you. He doesn't hold things against you. Sometimes we're hotter on ourselves than the Lord is. Let's let the Lord love us. Let the Lord show us the place at the table tonight. God will work for you. We're going to stand and sing 157. God bless you.